Welcome back, everyone, to the Progressive Patriots. It's just me once again. Holidays coming up. You know how it goes. So here I am all by my lonesome. But I'm just going to talk at you for an extended period of time. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it is just after 2215 on Tuesday, December 19th. So the world could have possibly exploded by the time you hear this. Uh, right, let's get, let's get into the news here. Um, all right. So just a quick, I don't know how quick this is or how it's going to quick it's going to be, but, uh, there was a call from the Democrat house Democrats, uh, they're calling for Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from the hearings, uh, from, for, from the hearing about Trump, uh, in particular, uh, Jack Smith's like request for a quick review of whether or not he's uh, immune from the law, basically, uh, which is, I think, what the entire uh, January 6th insurrection case hinges on. Uh, but they asked him to recuse himself from this because his wife, Virginia, uh, commonly known as Ginny, she played a role in in the uh, January 6th thing. Party. Bad party. Uh, this is a quote from Representative Hank Johnson. Um and the, the whole thing was signed on by seven other uh, representatives, but he is the ranking Democrat in the House Judiciary Committee. So here it is. Quote, we strongly implore you to exercise your discretion and recuse yourself from this and any other decisions in the case of United States v. Trump. The I couldn't tell if this was from him as well. I think it is, but it's a... Justices should disqualify themselves in a proceeding in which the justice's impartiality might reasonably be questioned. Uh, that that bit was in quotes. And then including instances, instances where a justice's spouse has, quote, an interest that could be substantially affected, quote, end quote, by the decision or could be a material witness. So... Basically, yeah, your wife was involved, dog, so maybe you want to uh, step out of this one. Um, based on what uh, what we know about Clarence Thomas, he's probably not going to. He's probably not going to. I really hope that uh, Ginny is called in for this, because, like, fuck you, number one, and number two, fuck you. Um, one more thing on the Supreme Court. This one is from last week on Thursday. So the Supreme Court, uh, I think this is like their final uh, refusal to hear a case uh, from the state of Illinois where they've banned assault rifles. Uh, assault rifles, which they specifically mark the AR-15 and the AK-47, um, any rifle magazines that are, or, or I think shotguns are included in this, uh, for 10 plus rounds per magazine. And then for handguns, 15 plus, those are high capacity magazines are banned as well. 
Uh, it was challenged by a firearms retailer. No shit. And then there was this national association of, like, fucking gun lunatics. I, I that's... I got most of the name right. But the, they their appeal was also rejected. Uh, what I found very striking was that there was no dissent in the refusal. They also rejected a request for an injunction. So that's, that's kind of fun. I, I guess like broken clocks, you know what I mean? Take them where you can get them. Uh, yeah. I, I, the bodies are piling up and someone, you, you have to fucking do something. The circuit, I think it was like the seventh circuit court of appeals or the, yeah, the federal court that heard this, the lower court ruled that the second amendment applies to weapons that are made for individual protection, not shit. That's for the military. Um, I don't see that as very unreasonable, but, um, I think it was Derek that said this a couple of weeks or like months ago that if you if you just ban something you're just creating a, a hurdle for a, an en an engineering hurdle so you know like um it i wonder often all right like it with this how do we distinct how can we make the distinction between let's say the the uh, m16 which is commonly known as the ar-15 Something like the M16 versus the M14. Because based on appearances, the M14 is... It has the aesthetic of a pretty, I don't know, standard hunting rifle. You know what I mean? But how it operates is very much... It's very much a military weapon. So I'm curious how that kind of distinction is made. Um... But yeah, we'll keep, uh, well, I'll keep an eye on this because I'm um, probably not going to have any, anyone joining me uh, until well into the new year. So um, DeSantis at a thing, at an event in New Hampshire, this was also last week, it was on Friday, fr Thursday or Friday, but he said that Trump would try to delegitimize any results of states that he loses the primary, where he loses the primary, uh, to which I would, if quote, if Trump loses, he will say it's stolen no matter what. Absolutely. End quote. That's Ron DeSantis's actual words, uh, to which I say, yeah, no fucking kidding. We've been saying this the whole fucking time. <laughs> And his, he's, but I, as I read further, I didn't know this about him. Like, I guess that's my mistake for not looking into him further. But he's one of the few Republicans, like, apparently anywhere, that open, that say that he legitimately lost in uh, 2020. I mean, he fucking did. So that, what a, like, look at that. Doing the bare fucking minimum. Way to go, Ronnie D. Uh, uh, let's keep going here. Because I think I packed this with a lot and we got some stuff to cut to as well. Um, the, this one is fucking huge. 
we mentioned it a while back uh, in the context of Arizona considering doing this and that Colorado was the first. And that was um, invoking a constitutional amendment that would bar uh, former President Trump from being on from being included on a ballot. Uh, so this has been tossed around by some uh, secretaries of state. And uh, the first one to go was the first one to bring it up, and that was Colorado. So there, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled four to three that uh, Mr. Trump is barred from presidential elections because he wa- he partook in an insurrection. Um, well, I'm trying to remember, like, because this one was kind of weird. Let's. Uh, here's a little quote from the. Um, the the ruling from you know from the the majority group uh we do not reach these conclusions lightly we are mindful of the magnitude and weight of the questions now before us we are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor and without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the law mandates we reach we are also cognizant that we travel in uncharted territory and that this case presents several issues of first impression. Um, oh, right. Now I remember what I was thinking of. Is that because um, this is only in Colorado, it's only in the Colorado Supreme Court, It's uh, it only applies to the Colorado primary. So Trump could very well. But I, I, it's weird. Like, how can you get onto the... Um, the general election ballot in November if you're not on the primary. That's uh, that's a bit of a conundrum. Um, naturally, the Trump campaign is uh, not happy. And a spokesperson for the Trump campaign said, The Colorado Supreme Court issued a completely flawed decision tonight, and we will swiftly file an appeal to the United States Supreme Court and a concurrent request for a stay of this deeply undemocratic decision. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not... It's weird seeing people, like, pick and choose when things are Democrat, supposed to be Democratic and when they're not. Uh, one, of the dissenting, one of the dissenting justices said... Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say engaged in insurrection, there must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. Essentially, he hasn't been convicted of anything. It's not like it sounds to me that he's saying like I don't disagree with you guys that <laughs> but he need like he needs to be convicted of this first. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Um, I can see hit. I can see like both sides of that. The Trump campaign can suck my ass. I don't give a shit what you guys think. You guys tried to overthrow the fucking government. You can suck my balls. Um, but they do like the the dissenting justice. His opinion here has I, it has merit. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the George Santos thing. It's like where do we throw him out? Because we, it's 
like 99% there that he did all this shit. We just don't have the conviction of it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, I think... But I, I think that's kind of the point that if the Trump campaign... That's what they're... They're trying to run down the clock for this. They're hedging their bets... They're not hedging their bets. They're betting at all that Trump is going to win in November. He's going to take office, pardon himself, and pardon anyone else around him that would that's facing trouble. So that's uh that's what we can expect. Though that's from them, is to just try to delay, delay, delay. Uh with that's like I said, I think last week about Jack Smith, you know what I mean? Tr uh, trying to get that uh that review as quickly as possible. Uh, the ruling has been stayed until January 4th. I think as they, yeah, it's uh, as they wait for the Trump campaign to appeal or whatever. And that the ruling only applies to the March 5th Republican primary. Huh. Oh, right, because there's I don't know, Dean Phillips. Like, he, I know he was in the news recently. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, right. Uh, so they're the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington is the uh, civil action group that filed this. Uh, the president of Crew. Well, that's what they go by. His name is Noah Bookbinder. I thought this was a joke. It had like I if I hadn't if it hadn't been for where I saw this, I would legitimately think this is a joke. But yeah, uh, he called this not only historic and justified, but is necessary to protect the future of democracy in our country. I mean, preach. Let him cook. Uh, the decision. So, there's a lower court that ruled that Trump did not engage in an insurrection. I remember hearing about this, and, like, the, the rationale was really fucking stupid. And it's that Trump is, was, because he's the president, he is not an officer of the United States. <laughs> I'm not sure what else you would be, but, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, the uh, Trump's lawyer argued that the January 6th riot was not serious enough to qualify as insurrection and that what Trump said that day that caused said riot, uh, that led to said attempted insurrection, uh, that speech is protected by the First Amendment. Well, that's weird. It's really fucking strange. It's really fucking convenient. But, eh. Like I said, they can suck my fucking balls. Like I think it's if we were if we had more time to allow for the the trial of Trump and insurrection to to happen, if we could if we had time for that to play out, I would um, I would be very much in agreement with the dissenting opinion that like let's wait for the conviction first. Uh, because like, there's no fucking denying that he did it. So, but we don't have that kind of time. So, ugh. like, it, it's this, like, it's because 
It's only because we it's so fucking clear that he did that I am inclined to agree with the majority here. We don't have the time for that, and we we all saw what happened, so sorry, fuckface. Maybe next time don't try to overthrow the government. Hmm. That's weird. That's weird how, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I could run for president today if I wanted to announce my candidacy. And I, I don't know. I wouldn't have to worry about being excluded from any fucking, <laughs> any ballots anywhere. Because I didn't try to overthrow the government. It's fucking crazy. Even when a fucking clown was holding the presidency... I made zero attempts to overthrow the government. It's fucking it's wild how that shit works, man. Fucking wild. Um, all right, a quick one. Moving along to another Trump acolyte, uh, Mr. Mark Meadows. The federal appellate court rejected his request to have his trial made federal. Um, the panel concluded that Mr. Meadows was not acting in his official capacity when he attempted to overthrow the government. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how it works, because that's not an act. Overthrowing the government is not an act of government. You fucking idiot. Um, all right. Speaking of fucking idiots, Rudy Giuliani. Um, last week, the jury concluded that he has to pay $148 million in damages to uh, two Georgia election, like, poll place workers. So a mother... I didn't catch her names. I fucking should have caught those. But it was a mother and a daughter, and uh, they received... The jury ruled... Like, he was already considered... The judge found him liable. He was deemed to be liable for this. Just a matter of what the number would come out to. I think that the... The pair were asking total like 48 million. And then the jury came back with these are the, spe the specific numbers. Um, 73 million of that is compensation for damages to their reputations and emotional suffering. And then 75 million as further punishment to Giuliani for being a fucking dickhead. Um, and what you hear that number, you hear like reputational damages and emotional suffering, 73 million. Like what the, what could that, how is that fucking possible? Just that, like the frivolous fucking McDonald's hot coffee shit. Like that don't fucking get me started on that. But really think about this. These two women were singled out by the Trump campaign. Trump himself, by name, pointed these two out. We know what his fucking goons are like. We know how far they're willing to go to protect their cult leader. We know how far they're, what they're willing to do for him. They're willing to overthrow the fucking government. Killing two just nonpartisan fucking poll workers is not out of the realm of possibility like they're they're not as i don't think just maybe i don't know somebody stop me if i'm being dr overly dramatic about it but i don't think that they're going to be safe anywhere in the united states ever again ever and anywhere that has 
a uh, like a Trump, a diet Trump in there, like a fucking Hungary. I think Italy has one right now. Places like that where the leadership of those countries idolize Trump and his fucking ridiculous style of quote-unquote leadership, they won't be safe near places like that either. So, I mean, they're... They got 150 mil, and they're going to have to... <laughs> I think they're going to have to spend a considerable number of that going into hiding. Because, like I said, I don't think they're going to be safe anywhere in the U.S. Um, let's see. Giuliani, uh, being the very unhinged individual that he is, said uh, he's that he's... They're going, he and his lawyer, like, we're going to appeal this. Um, the absurdity of the number merely underscores the absurdity of the entire proceeding. Um, in his uh, little farewell address outside of the courtroom, uh, <laughs> he, like, you just got hit with a $150 million bill for what you, ju- for what you have been saying. And he just repeats it just says it again (laughs) oh shit man like that's a that's a special kind of stupid dog like you your your mouth cost just cost you 150 million dollars and when this is a situation where i think it would be a good idea to shut the fuck up instead double down and say again the things that got you into that courtroom and that got you that bill and just say it again because why not because I I really think um, I this is terrible to say but I can't help but think it that I really think that Rudy Giuliani is going to end up killing himself because of all of this or he's going to die like a heart attack or something like the stress is going to get him or he's going to the stress is going to get to him and he's going to take his own life if he doesn't die naturally. Oh, man. I feel terrible saying it. All right. Uh, moving along to another Trump situation. This is the civil fraud case in New York. So, <laughs> um, the headline was that Trump paid a million, uh, $1 million for expert witness testimony that was ruled up uh, like it was discredited it lost all all repute Uh, so it was the New York University NYU accounting professor Eli Bartov he in his testimony he concluded that he did not see evidence of fraud uh uh, Mr. Bartov was paid $1,350 an hour, and he billed 650 hours. That comes out to a chump change sum of $877,500 that was paid in two installments by the Trump Organization and the Save America. Twenty, like That's uh, the name of Trump's 2024 campaign. Um, here is the 
as the I don't know. This is a, the, the blurb from uh, the New York Supreme Court Justice Arthur Engoron. His so he said this quote: "All that his testimony proves is that for a million or so dollars, some experts will say whatever you want them to say." By doggedly attempting to justify every misstatement, Professor Bartov lost all credibility. And then uh, another one of Trump's lawyers had this to say, that that the justice's dismissal, quote, represents a complete failure to address the legal elements of the claims to be decided. All that seems to matter is arriving at a predetermined destination. I'm not... um, No, I'm not certain what destination you're talking about but as far as i can recall this he's already liable for this i'm not so i'm not certain what you're talking about uh yeah the destination has already been determined fuck nugget it's just a matter of (laughs) like just how much is this going to hurt and it's not going to be a little bit so yeah fuck you um Trump lawyer guy. Oh, man. Here's a fun one. I'm going to Tarantino this for you. I'm going to read you the last... I'm going to read you the last bit before I go back to the beginning. This... uh, Donald Trump, at a rally on the 17th in uh, Reno, I think it was, he said that in response to the, like, stock market records, it was, I think, the... the the industrial average hit 37,000 points or something and so Trump said that this quote the stock market just makes rich people richer end quote so there you go that's the ending that we're going to be working up to here Uh, in September of 2017 at a in a press statement this was uh, specifically regarding the tax cut bill that he was uh, working up to. So, quote, the rich will not be gaining at all with this plan. We are looking for the middle class and we are looking for jobs. Jobs being the economy. This is not good for me. It's not so... I have some very wealthy friends not so happy with me, but that's okay. That was uh, in in the press statement, right? So, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? The day he signed, or day or day after he signs it, he dips out to Mar-a-Lago. It's right around Christmas, so you know it's. Uh, he just signed the shit and left. But quote: "You all just got a lot richer." This was to the his friends or whatever, whatever that he calls them at Mar-a-Lago as they were giving him a standing ovation after he signed that tax cut bill that's not, so that his that his friends apparently are not very happy about i added these just to give you a frame of reference if you didn't have it already of what kind of guy this this kind of person this guy is um but so here we go this is the these are some more recent statements in february of 2020 mr trump said 
quote, since my election, U.S. stock markets have soared. This is a record. It is something that in every country in the world is looking up to. They admire. Uh, so you know, they admire us, right? That it took. I had to like re-listen a couple of times to make sure I was getting that right because. You know, he has all the best words. He does the words good. Uh, on March 14th, this was in reference. That's a Saturday. He was referencing the close of the market at on the 13th, the Friday, you know, the day before. He said, I was honored to see that the stock market, you were mostly there with us set a record in a short period of time over a 45 minute period that we had that that we had the press conference yesterday in the rose garden that was a record all-time record and here he is later that year in november uh, this was uh where was that oh the previous one was at the state of the union I don't think I mentioned that, but this one was at a, that one was at a press conference in the Rose Garden. Also the one from the day before, but this one is from a different press conference. I recall reading that he just kind of walked out, said this. Well, he, this was part of what he said, and then he just kind of left. This is at the press briefing briefing room in at the White House. Uh, November 24th, uh, Mr. Trump said, The Dow Jones Industrial Average just hit 30,000, which is the highest in history. We've never broken 30,000 despite everything that's taken place with the pandemic. But the stock markets just broke 30,000. It's never been broken, that number. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Nobody thought they'd ever see it. Yeah. So... Coming back to last Sunday, where he said that the stock market, like why? Because Biden's, the stock market just recently hit 37,000 points. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the one that he was just talking about. And he's pointing it out as saying that's, that's not a good metric for a successful economy. But I had a, I just, I knew in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to be fucking Mandela affected here. I know he said that shit. I know that he was saying that shit because exactly what he was, what he just said to shit on Biden is exactly what I was thinking at the time when he was saying, saying the same thing is like, dude, this is not, that doesn't help me. <laughs> and I, I'm going to, and I'm going to say the same thing about 37,000 points under President Biden. I, that doesn't fucking help me as much. Even, I think the number is pretty ridiculous, but uh, I think it, something like 90, 80 or 90% of stock is owned by like 10% of the population. So the overwhelming majority of people do not feel any benefits when the stock market is that high. Uh, even I, I have a really fucking modest portfolio and it's not, no, it's not doing me a whole lot of good. 
And like as the IRA was coming about, it's like, yeah, okay, so this is like a this is a sign. Look for like invest in green technology. It's, it was a really fucking easy one. And even still, like that hasn't really done me a whole lot of good. Uh, so thirty-seven thousand points is that's an abstraction to me. That doesn't fucking mean anything to me. Is that more money in my pocket? Is that more money in my fucking paycheck? Are the prices at the grocery store going down? Are the prices at the gas pump going down? Kinda, yes, a little bit. Just, it still fucking hurts. You know what I mean? It's better than it was. You know, it's, it's better than it was. It's not great, but it's better than it was. So, uh... I don't know, man. Take the stock market and shove it up your ass. President Biden can can do the same. I don't give a fuck about the fucking stock market. Um, all right, another one. This one is kind of fun. There is a 10-inch thick binder of top-secret intelligence materials that have been missing since um, Trump left office. So this particular material was collected by American allies, NATO allies. It was something fucking hurricane. I don't know. It was regarding the 2016 the, the Russian interference into our election to discredit Hillary Clinton and to hopefully swing things to Trump. Naturally, Russia denies this. Uh, however, this intelligence folder, whatever, had that had all of the information pertaining to that. Um, it was last seen January 19th of 2021 when Mark Meadows and a journalist named John Solomon were meeting to you know discuss because Trump wanted he called he wanted the he pulled the docs from the CIA to for you know he had them brought to him so that he could review it and he was going to, like the article said, declassify material related to the FBI probe of Russian interference in the 2016 election. Okay, so I think the the idea there in the phrasing was that, like, well, I, this is a witch hunt, so I'm going to prove it by releasing the docs. So Mark Meadows... And John Solomon are reviewing this binder for uh, John Solomon to release wherever he does his thing. And, and yeah, it hasn't been seen since. Nobody knows where it is. It's completely fucking gone. That's wonderful, isn't it? But her emails, though, you know. So that's kind of fun. Um, let me take a really short break and we're going to hear a little bit about this new fucking database. So actually really interesting. Uh, Tasha's going to break it down for us. So have fun. 
President Joe Biden announced the launch of a national database on Monday, December 18, 2023, to help hold law enforcement accountable for misconduct in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and as a response to the national conversation about American policing that followed. President Biden touted that the database, which would track serious misconduct by federal law enforcement officers, will be used as a mechanism to help prevent bad hiring decisions. This database will ensure that records of serious misconduct by federal law enforcement officers are readily available to agencies considering hiring those officers, Biden said in a statement. The Biden administration is committed to creating the database in a May 2022 executive order that marked the two-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd by then-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. The database is known as the National Law Enforcement Accountability Database, or NLEAD, and its primary focus will be to track eight areas of behavior that the administration classifies as serious misconduct by former and current federal law enforcement officers over the past seven years, according to the Justice Department. Forms of serious misconduct include excessive force, making false reports, engaging in bias or discrimination, and sexual misconduct. It will also include office accommodations and awards. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a separate statement Monday that this database will give our law enforcement agencies an important new tool for vetting and hiring officers and agents that will help strengthen our efforts to build and retain the trust of the community. But caveat is that the database won't be searchable by the public. Instead, Justice Department employees and authorized users and other federal law enforcement agencies will be the only ones to have access at this time. They will ultimately get access, according to the department official, as the database currently includes Justice Department officers, but will be expanded to include other federal law enforcement agencies in the coming months. The department said it will publish a public record each year with aggregated data that keeps law enforcement officers anonymous. It's said to also have partnered with the Police Training Association to expand a national registry of decertifications and revocation actions against state and local law enforcement officers as a way of encouraging accountability efforts at the state and local agency levels. This pseudo-form of transparency comes after the senseless killing of George Floyd sparked outrage across the country leading many social justice advocates to call for police reform, particularly around policing Black communities and other people of color. All right, I'm back. That database thing sounds pretty cool. Uh, I, as I was listening to it, I was thinking about, like, the whole time, like, okay, federal, 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 yeah, great. Uh, but like how much of law enforcement do, do federal agencies make up? And then you know, at the end it was, they're going to try to integrate it into uh, local and state. So that's good. I think uh, that's where most of the trouble comes from, unfortunately. But so there you go. A new database. Uh, okay. There's this program I just read about. Now, this is a topic very near and dear to my heart. Uh, this one is pertaining to um, immigration and sponsoring um, refugees from wherever. 
so the reason that it's important to me is I mentioned common defense a lot. One of the things that we're working on, working towards, specifically the um, we have like the little subgroups, caucuses are referred to, but there's like one for like Latino veterans, man, woman, non-binary doesn't matter. There's one for black veterans, and you know there's one for everyone. But uh, so what our like pet project is veterans that have been deported uh the 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 number of of these veterans that have been deported is a lot higher than you think and unfortunately i don't think anybody really knows just how high it is uh not because no one has been keeping track of this i i know of a guy his name is uh nick paz paz pronounce it properly that uh, he does a lot of work with this with a group called repatriate repatriate our patriots that uh i'm starting to get involved with and i'll be playing audio throughout of some whatever like his chats with those uh, mostly men but his chat with those uh, veterans that have been deported for Man, the really shitty part is a lot of these guys are combat veterans, right? So they they went to, they joined up under the guise of citizenship being on the other side of it. And they went, they went to do America's bidding in war. And if you know anyone or have heard of, it, it kind of fucks with you. It really messes with your head. And so a lot of these guys end up uh, substance abuse issues, like vi- domestic violence issues, and then they get deported because the citizenship thing never happened for them. Um, they don't... So now they have no access to any kind of treatment and they're having to deal with those situations, like those personal circumstances is very difficult circumstances in very harrowing places um one guy i was just hearing listening to his uh like a phone call between nick and him and he's in ethiopia and he sent photos of some of his wounds from where he was tortured (laughs) goodness gracious so back to the program it's called welcome core it's a it is a program that has already existed but it's been reinvigorated by the biden administration so you know take them where you can get them uh the program is for it allows for groups of five or more people to nominate someone for like special visa status uh i think refugee is the main one that's that's available but that was something that we're we're kicking around is like interpretation of what this program is but so they you nominate a person for special visa status the the nominators have to all pass background checks in order to be eligible to nominate someone so like 
gotta determine like if hey are you cool yes you're cool okay so if you say they're cool we believe you um the nominators pass a background check and they have to raise a minimum of it's about twenty five hundred dollars at least per nominee and they i think uh as part of the program you have to with the nominee and the nominators, they have to develop a sort of roadmap of how the nominee is, you know, where are you gonna live? What are you gonna do for work? Are you gonna go to school? Like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna be doing? How are you going to integrate yourself into American life? Um, the group, or the, the program allows for different groups to do different things. Like they specifically, we're talking like I in the statement that I read from the State Department, they were talking specifically about like veterans doing the situations that I just described, like helping veterans, our fellow veterans who are not in the U.S. anymore for whatever reason. Uh, there, there was like uh, LGBT groups. You know, if you're like, there's places where being like gay or whatever, not heterosexual, is illegal, punishable by law. So it's like to help those people flee from persecution. Uh, another one was for church or other religious advocacy groups to get like their fellows out of countries where they're persecuted for their for their faith. Um, I expect like the main one in consideration was like uh, was Christians. You know, like Christians in Muslim majority countries. You don't always get the best treatment, but I mean, like Muslims here don't either, <laughs> but well, that's neither here nor there. That's the, that's the point of the whole thing is to help, um, expedite the visa situation and for the, like the state department said that they get they're contacted by people who want to be involved with helping refugees, helping people with visa difficulties, visa troubles to get to the U.S. Like um, if you if you were a refugee and now you want to get your family to come or like your I don't know, your long lost fucking cousin that's off somewhere. And you want to bring him over because, like, you guys were homies when you were kids or whatever. I don't know. But that's one of those situations is where families of refugees can be reunited and be together again. So that's very nice, very touching motivation there. But, the like, it's for, <laughs> it's, it's for people, everyday people to get involved in the refugee situation, ref refugee crisis. Um, right, so that is something that we're going to be looking into. I know that we will for sure, and I hope that a lot more people do as well. Um, like I know LGBT people, like in a, in a lot of African countries, yeah, it's like punishable by death. I know Russia's like fucking horrible about it. So hopefully, hopefully that's something that can we can get rolling. Um, let's see, Arizona, this one is specific to us, not entirely, I've mentioned before the, 
the border situation in Texas, right? It's been going back and forth in the courts where they set up a really sharp fucking razor wire that is absolutely with the intention. It's not there to like as a barrier. It's there to fucking hurt you. Um, these buoys in a river that will drown you if you try to hold on to them. Uh, so that the razor wire, it went up. Uh, the federal government started bring, breaking it down. Then a court ruled that they can't. I think that's the last that I heard of it. But actually, what I have mentioned, I mentioned it uh, on the recent uh, worldwide edition when I got kind of sidetracked on the Ukraine aid situation that's uh, in, in Congress. That this is like, that's what happens when fucking psychopaths don't see any kind of action. That's what they're going to do. Um, so the governor here, Kate Hobbs, uh, she's great. I This honestly endeared me more to her, but I, I expect it's going to ruffle some people's feathers, understandably. But at the same time, like, dude, I'll just fucking read what she said. So, so uh, the governor... Uh, she's sending National Guard troops. She activated them and then sending them to the border. Uh, not just to, you know, stop people, but to help process legal processing. But anyway, it's uh, the federal government closed the Lukeville port of entry on December 4th, which is where, you know, people crossed legally like like they should. Um but because it's closed, they don't have anywhere to go. Um, this, her words are, quote, this has led to an unmitigated humanitarian crisis. Yet again, the federal government is refusing to do its job to secure our border and keep our community safe. Uh, she, uh, it continues in the, in the statement. With this executive order... I am taking action where the federal government won't, but we can't stand alone. Arizona needs resources and manpower to reopen the Lukeville crossing, manage the flow of migrants, maintain a secure, orderly, and humane border. Despite continued requests for existence, for, for assistance, uh, the Biden administration has refused to deliver desperately needed resources to Arizona's border. Uh, yeah, I mean... Like I said, this is what like a sane person is gonna do, and how I like I keep I keep repeating it. It's harder and harder every day to disagree. I live in a border state. Obviously, I'm in Arizona. I I am here. Like I I see this this reality that for whatever the fuck reason is being ignored. Uh, so Kate Hobbs, she's, I think she's, this is like incremental and this isn't very heavy handed either. It's like na the national guard. It's they're Like I said, they're not being sent there to fucking kill people or anything like that. They're They're there to help state agencies process all of the people that are there. They're and, like, we don't have the personnel in 
the like appropriate agencies to do this. So she had to activate the fucking emergency troops. Goodness gracious. There's other, so I think a big reason why this one was pointed out is because Kate Hobbs is a Democrat. No shit. I said, I like her kind of, kind of fucking meshes, right? That gels. But I, um, I think it's because she's a Democrat that, and she's like phrasing it in almost in very in softer language, but similar, very similar language to fucking that fuckface Abbott in Texas. Uh, there and like she's not the only one that's having this issue. Other, so these aren't necess- governors necessarily, but they are mayors of very large very large cities uh chicago denver la new york houston they're also dealing with a shitload of people migrating and they can't handle the volume with what they have what with what they have available like no and i strongly i am i can i i feel this with a strong degree of certainty that the mayors of those cities and the mayor of Phoenix, Kate Gallego, she's awesome. Kate Hobbs, they, they, these are not uh, even the vice mayor, uh, Yasmin Ansari, also has like they they've spoken out. They're they they're speaking out about this because like, dude, we can't fucking do this by ourselves. We need help. We're not trying to like put up automated turrets to kill everyone. That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to drown people in a river. We're just, we just need help processing how just the vast number of people. Biden himself said like, this is unsustainable. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. Do something about it. You're going to lose, you're losing people to Trump because of this. It's no shit. It's happening. Polling shows this. Um... But now that I've taken a very steamy dump on Biden, here's a, here's something that kind of good that he did. Uh, it's regarding al- alternative fuel, and particularly for aviation. This is I, something. Okay, I need to up uh, at the top. I need to mention something that I thought was really funny. And they said uh, the politically powerful U.S. corn lobby. <laughs> it's just a funny as fuck phrase. <laughs> I, I, I I do not not believe it. Uh, of course it is. Like uh, several states, like their entire livelihoods depend on corn. So I don't. I don't not believe you. It's just funny. <laughs> so the uh, <clears throat> the politically powerful U.S. corn lobby gets a an administrative win with, with the whatever they get a win with Biden. He is they've finally made like a, a an executive decision on ethanol manufacturing methodology as it pertains to aviation fuel 
So the new newly recognized method goes into effect on the first. The recognition starts on the first. Uh, the the thing is, it it, w- it boiled down to this. It's this thing called the Greenhouse Gases Regulated Emissions and Energy Use in Technologies Model, the GREET model. That's uh, that was put forward forward by the Department of Energy. Basically, that the GREET model is what establishes what is considered low emission fuel, sustainable, sustainably sourced fuel, you know, low emission alternative. You get the picture, right? So this and the reason for this the reason is like why the corn lobby made was making such a big deal about it is because they're like they're going to have access to um, inflation reduction act tax credits for creating ethanol based and the the term that they use is the sustainable aviation fuel that's the term so yes i know i probably should have put this in the fucking boring but important section but i'm gonna be honest with you like uh i i think somebody crunched the numbers right and it was that i could do every single thing perfectly everything that i do being uh carbon emission conscious everything that i do is for reduced emissions and all the rest of it I can do that for my entire life. And like um, people, somebody flying in a private jet for an hour is going to undo almost everything that I did, if not everything that I did. So it's like why it makes it difficult. Like what the why? Why will why do I try when the actual major contributors of greenhouse gases don't seem to be doing a fucking thing. I mean, the IRA tax credits, I guess you got to incentivize these fucking pigs somehow. So I guess, you know, take it where you can get it. But like uh, aviation, commercial, logistical, uh, personal slash private, it's all, you know, the same shit. Like that accounts for way more carbon emission than the entirety of humans and with a car and the same for global shipping shipping vessels you know like the big boats cargo ships those also account for more carbon emission than humans ever could so i saw some i didn't i didn't see it i didn't substantiate it but i saw this thing about uh someone uh, i think it was they said like how long would it take for how long would a human have to live to match your annual carbon output and i think it was for a fossil fuel company bp or shell one of the two but so how long would a human have to live to match your the carbon output of your operations for a year 77 million years Right. So my data, just me living an average life 
Nah, it's not even a drop in the bucket compared to those fucking people. Um, I've ranted enough about you about about, about fucking the the politically powerful U.S. corn lobby. So, <clears throat> I it feel oh man, I feel shitty cutting to something so serious, but I know that um, Tasha has a bit here that she wanted to talk about Kate Cox, the very terrible situation that that woman has to deal with. Um, her you know, pregnancy is not viable and Texas is a bunch of douchebags, but Tasha explains it much better than I ever could. So I'm going to let her do that. I'll be right back. Not too many people have heard of this. There's something called trisomy 18. It's a genetic disorder that has its onset before birth and is usually fatal to a fetus. In this disorder, Chromosome 18 appears three times, rather than a normal two times, in the cells of the body as it's being formed. The most severe forms of this disorder occurs when every cell in the body is affected. Trisomy 18 can be detected before birth by several tests that include maternal serum analysis or screening, ultrasonography, amniocentesis, and chronic villus sampling. Sermon analysis can show abnormal levels of certain hormones and proteins. And ultrasonography can show an unusual shaped fetus trunk, small fetal heads and chest, and excess amniotic fluids are prime examples of how it's detected. This was the case for Kate Cox, a 31-year-old mother of two young children from the state of Texas. Cox was forced to flee the state to obtain an abortion after Texas top court ruled that she cannot terminate her non-viable pregnancy despite risk to her life and future fertility. According to court filings, Cox sued to obtain an abortion after doctors informed she and her husband that there was virtually no chance their baby would survive the birth or live long afterwards. The devastating news came after learning that her fetus had trisomy 18, the fatal chromosomal condition, as well as other health issues, including a spinal abnormality. Cox argued on the base that the pregnancy would pose grave risk to her life and would probably jeopardize her future fertility. She'd already had two children and wanted to continue to grow her family. This case shows how difficult and complex the situations surrounding abortion laws have made it for women in the U.S. Still, Cox was unable to obtain an abortion in the state of Texas because the state's strict laws prohibiting the procedure. Cox filed for an emergency lawsuit asking a judge to allow her OBGYN to perform an abortion without threat of prosecution. Texas began enforcing the law banning virtually all abortions last year, shortly after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that there was no constitutional right to abortion in the United States. The state's law technically includes exceptions for cases of medical emergencies, but Texas doctors have said that the exceptions are too vague and forced them to wait until their patients get sick enough to intervene. Since March of 2023, five women were denied abortions in the state of Texas. Some sued the state after they were refused care despite suffering severe complications with their pregnancy. Fifteen Texas women have joined since the lawsuit, which seeks to clarify the murkiness surrounding medical exceptions to the state's banned abortion laws. According to doctors, if the baby's heartbeat stopped, they can induce labor. 
they cannot perform an abortion procedure known as dilation and evacuation, or D&E, due to her prior C-sections, including labor, means she faces a higher risk of rupturing her uterus, making it impossible to have children in the future. Thus, the D&E would be the best medical option for her health. The doctors in the state who might provide it fear prosecution. Texas doctors accused of violating the state's abortion laws could face up to $100,000 in fines and even life in prison. Texas is among the 21 states that ban or heavily restrict abortion access in the United States today. Most of these abortion laws include narrow exceptions to protect the life or health of the pregnant person, and doctors and hospitals face serious punishment if they misinterpret these medical exceptions. After a lower court judge ruled in favor of Kate Cox, the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, stepped in, a conservative serving his third term as the state's top prosecutor, who then threatened to punish any doctor who provided an abortion to Cox. Texas has a law on the books that permits private individuals to sue over suspected illegal abortions. Regardless of the lower court order, doctors could be held liable under the law, Paxton warned. The Republican-stacked Texas State Supreme Court sided with Paxton, blocking Cox from obtaining an abortion in her home state. All right. Not nice to hear. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many more cases like this. I know that Tasha mentioned some... Uh, good number of women coming forward saying that they're in very similar situations and then fucking Paxton I don't know if this is true but I heard okay I heard I don't know if this is true that he is despite being the attorney general you would think he's a lawyer but he fucking isn't I don't know if that's true I'm gonna look into that I will get back to you on the next one Uh, or if somebody knows correct the record for me 833-589-7637. Please let me know because I don't want to keep repeating that without... I want to keep repeating that, but I don't want to if it's not true. If it is true, I'm going to fucking let that flag fly, baby. Um, (laughs) Before I get out of here, just one thing. It's uh, in my boring but important section, which should have included the ethanol aviation fuel. But this one is actually really quick. It's some changes to real estate rules. Um, it's This one has been in the works for a bit, and it's going to be open to the public in February 2024 for two months to take any and all public comments on it. It's currently under review by the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. It's a rule change Barring purchasing houses for cash. This is being proposed by the Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. FinCEN, they go by. You know, uh, they're, they call it... They're trying to fight drug, la- or drug money laundering. Probably from, like, drug cartels. So, that's... Um, yeah, that's what... There, there you go. Boring but important. We'll see how that how that's going to turn out. Um, I'm sure that there is plenty of stuff I missed. If there's some, if there are certain categories that you would like to hear more about, please feel free. Um, I want to restate, in case you didn't listen to the world, the global edition, 
that the Vatican is allowing uh, their clergy to bless non-heterosexual marriages. They're, they cannot perform the like a wedding, the sacrament of marriage, but it's a start. And that's what all of the pro-LGBT Catholic clergy have been saying is take the win. I know this isn't a lot. This isn't great. It's not what we wanted, but it's something. It's a start. It's a move in the right direction. Just let's take the win and keep fighting. So I agree very much. Um, I think it was Father something Martin, but sounds like a very stand-up guy. All right. That is going to do it for all the news. Uh, my thanks to Tasha for joining me with a little bit of sound on some difficult topics. Um, my uh, my thoughts are with Kate Cox and her family. I really hope and any and any women anywhere that are having to deal with this. Like, what a fucking horrible situation. I I my heart like aches thinking about that. But all right, let's let's get ourselves out of here. Um, <clears throat> If you want to check out any other shows that on the Lux Media Network, um, the aforementioned world, uh, global edition of Progressive Patriots, if you like boxing or MMA, you could check out B-Sides Boxing or Ultimate Fucking Casual, respectively. Other, there's a bunch of other stuff. If you want to go to lvxmedia.net, check out all the shows there. Uh, at the same, on that site, uh, hit the Progressive Patriots button. You could for specifically for proc pats, you can do progressivepatriots.us, and that will take you directly to the Progressive Patriots page. Um, it's the same thing as going to lvxmedia.net. Hit the proc pats button, and that'll give you some uh, contact options for us. The phone number I mentioned before is 833-589-7637. You can call it, leave a voicemail. Like it, it goes straight to voicemail. I don't pick it up. No one picks it up. Uh, or you can text. Either way, it's anonymous. If you don't tell me who you are, I won't know who you are. Uh, so there you go. Uh, email address is there too, if you want to do that. Um, what else? Uh, do Other internet things. Like uh, on the socials, uh, all the handles are LVX Media Net on everything. If you can't find it, I'm not on it. Um, so interacting with those comments, likes, shares, that stuff helps highlight the social media stuff, which I hope converts to fucking traffic to the shows. But what helps the most is rating, reviewing the show, wherever you're listening. Um, just a rating is fine. If you can drop me a fiver, that would be great. If you have time, you can leave a review on how handsome I sound based on my voice. <laughs> um, that's it for that. I mentioned um, up a little earlier, I mentioned Common Defense. That's a... Um, it's a progressive veterans group that I work with for a lot of stuff. A um, lot of great people. I'm certain, more than certain, there's somebody near you that uh, that's in and would be uh, would probably love to link up with you. You know, like minds kind of getting together. But yeah, so if you want to get involved, 
lvx.at slash cdef in your browser that'll take you to the membership signup page it's lvx.at slash cdef i don't know why i did lvx i always say lvx instead of saying lux because it's lux that's what it is i always worry that people spell it with a u and then they won't find anything but yeah, Common Defense, uh, the, the social media handles for them is Common Defense, all one word on Twitter, Common underscore Defense on Instagram. Uh, LVX Media Net, that's us. We can find everything. Um, they, This isn't them endorsing me. I just really like working with them. They're great people. Highly recommend it. Uh, I think that's all we got. So... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.